I get like cottony mouth, like dry mouth, like, oh crap, what's, what's going to happen here? Oh my word. I can speak, I can lead, you know, been trained in all those areas. But when it comes to following God and taking people with us, it's spur of the moment, not sure, we're going to go down, you know, the suffering path, we're going to go down this path, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, whatever. It's always uncomfortable, isn't it? It's always, a trust, it's always difficult to trust God with parts of our life that are new, things that he's asking for. You know, we bump up against circumstances in our life uh, that challenge that, that challenge that reality, you know, that challenge us. And, and, and Jesus is saying, do you, am I enough? You know, do you trust me this much, Antley? Do you trust me enough to, to not know the path for this morning's service? Do you trust me enough to not have the answers, you know, for Kristen? Do you trust me enough? You know, and, 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 and that's what I want to talk about today, I think. You know, that's where we're going to begin. You know, and, and the question I want to ask you this morning is, is, is Jesus enough? You know, is he enough in all the areas of our life, in all the things that he's asking for, in all the things, all the circumstances, the life experiences that you're bumping up against right now? He's asking you that question, am I enough? Am I enough? And, um... I was reminded of this when I, I was, uh, I just remembered a funny story um, about this kind of this thing, you know, asking the question, you know, is Jesus enough for us? And uh, I was back in college, I was a, a speech major, it was a very difficult major at the University of Florida, and, um, and it's the number one phobia in the world, so don't laugh at me, people, it is the number one fear in the world. And so, uh, I mean, while I was in this major, it was really easy, it was a bluff major, but um. I was doing Young Life, doing ministry, and I just, you know, it was a means to an end, kind of like seminary. But anyway, the, uh, anyway, the, uh, in the most advanced level class, we would do different speeches, and you wouldn't, and, and there was an extemporaneous speech or, or different kinds of speeches you do. But one of the speeches that we did, um, I'll never forget, because the way you would do it is, there'd be a bowl up on the stage, uh, like kind of in the middle of the aisle of the classroom, and the teacher would call your name, and you'd walk up to the bowl, grab a topic, and keep walking towards the front, reading the topic, turn around, and begin to speak on whatever was written down on the, on the, on the piece of paper. I loved it. I mean, that was like risky, you know, fun, exciting, you know, all that stuff. So I love stuff like that. And, um, and they, you were graded on different aspects of, you know, of all the things that you would expect to be graded on, and, and uh, I got an A. But anyway, the... Uh, but, um, you know, I, I remember very clearly what I drew out of the bowl that day. And that's right, you're about to hear it. And uh, I drew out of the bowl, and it, it said this. Go up to the front, I grab it, and it says, and the phone rang. That was the, the line. Okay, and so at the phone rang, I was thinking, thank the Lord. It's nothing like a word that I didn't know or understand or like something of content. That could just go anywhere. And the phone rang. Are you kidding me? And God was on the other end. Or, and the phone rang. I mean, it could be anything. So uh, I took it to, you know, as I'm walking towards the front, again, I'm like a young Christian still. I'm in college, an idealist, and, and think that, uh, you know, if I don't take every opportunity to tell people about Jesus, that God's not going to love me, okay? That's basically my perspective. So I'm walking to the front, and the phone rings. I turn around and say, and someone's on the other end and has just told you that your whole family's died in a plane crash. That's how I began. Literally, those were my words. And then I spent the next 10 minutes alienating everybody from myself and Jesus. 
telling them how important it was for them to know where they were going if you got the phone call and heard, do you know where you're going? Do you know where your family's going? And I went on and on and on, and everyone, you could just see, like, people are looking at me like, I hate your guts, and I want this to end. Everyone except for, you know, the fundamentalist on the front row who's holding up, like, scorecards, 10 and amens and hallelujahs for me. But I remember my ending phone call. I mean, my, my ending statement was something to the point of, or the point I was trying to make was, phone calls like this remind us of what's really important in life. Phone calls like this remind us of what's really important in life. And on, on Friday night, you know, I got a phone call like that. Uh, and all the things that I had been worrying about, you know, Laura had, had gone away with her sister this week, so I was with all the kids, so there's all kinds of things that I'm worrying about right there. You know, the Gators are playing from 8 to 11, and I have to do my sermon still, so how that, how's that going to work out, you know? And, uh, and, and you know, am I going to get to go? How, who's going to take Grace and Blake, and, and then am I going to get to go play and hang out with the kids today? And what are we going to have for dinner? Do I have to cook, or can I just eat out the whole time? And how much brown food is bad for you with no green mixed in? You know, real issues for a dad at home without his wife on a weekend. And, uh, and, and, and they were consuming me. I was stressed out about it and worried about it. You know, but then you get a phone call, you know, and, you know, it's someone from the church saying, Kristen collapsed on Thursday, and she hasn't regained consciousness. Derek's in Houston, and MD Anderson trying to get her home just to be with the kids, to get her moved into hospice. You know, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Jesus says, am I enough? He says, what's really important? Phone calls like this come into our life. Experiences in our life happen. And the question that I think Jesus is asking is, am I enough? Am I enough when you don't have the answers? Am I enough when we get curveballs? This week in a conversation with somebody, I was talking to them about relationships, and they were struggling. And um, they were struggling with friendships and different things. And that was the question that God brought to me. And they were talking about, you know, uh, is it better to have the wrong friends than no friends? Is it, should I compromise on my relationships with people if I don't have any friends? Is that enough? I mean, if I don't have any friends... You know, I, I need a friend. I was built and designed for friendship. I was built and designed for community. You know, I'm sitting there talking to this person, and Jesus is just saying, ask him if I'm enough. Ask him if I'm enough. Is my relationship with them enough? And that was earlier on in the week. And then I, I talked to someone. Um, I've been, there's, it's kind of wedding season right now. There's a lot of marriages, you know, a lot of people getting married. And so we're in the midst as a church of, of different wedding things and counseling. And um, one of the things that I talk about in counseling and that I talk about uh, as I'm marrying folks is, is, is Jesus the source for all the love that you have in your relationship for this other person? Is Jesus the source of peace in your life, of rest in your life? Or are you getting married to somehow get that from this person? And I talk about, and I do it in every single, it doesn't matter, uh, you know, every single talk I work it into on the day of the ceremony, I say, you know, Jesus, I mean, your spouse was not created to be the source of love in your life. 
he was created to be the destination. And we only love people as they were created to be loved and as we were created to love them when Jesus is the source of our love. And that's just, and, and, and it's asking the same question. You know, Jesus asking us, am I enough in your friendships or is that going to be an area that you allow Satan to mess with you with? Am I enough before you get married or in your marriage or is that going to be an area where you don't let me be enough, which opens us up to allowing Satan to mess with us, to screw with us, to worry, to fret. You know, on another level, I have people ask me at times, you know, Antling, um, is God mad at me because I'm not giving money to the church? Literally, that, that's a question I get sometimes. And, uh, and I said, well, let me look at our budget and kind of see where we are. And I'll tell you. No, I don't say that. Actually, I do, just to lighten it up. But, um, you know, and, and, and another way to ask that question, and we laugh, but another, well, that sounds silly, Antley. That's just crazy that people would think that way. But another, a way. another way that that same question is phrased is, will God bless me financially if I give to the church? Now, we've all heard that. You know, if you give Cadillac, you'll get Cadillac. You know? If you give to the church with an open hand and with lots of, you know, then God's going to give back to you that way. And it's very formulaic. You know, and I, 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 I don't know the answer to that question. I'm just going to tell you right now. That's between you and Jesus. You know, but, but the question that Jesus is asking those people, and then I ask them is, do you trust Jesus with your finances? Or is that an area that Satan's got his foot? Is that an area that he can mess with you with? Is that an area that he can kind of tweak in your life to take your eyes off of Jesus being enough and trusting Jesus? How we live and how we give, you know, how we live our life, where we spend our time, who we spend our time with, how we, you know, how we operate within our work environment, how we interact with our wives and our children, what and how we give of our time, our resources, and our finances communicate who we trust. And it doesn't just communicate to God who we trust. It communicates to the enemy who we trust. And when the enemy sees us faltering and struggling to trust Jesus with areas of our life, says that he's like a what? A lion. And he moves into that area. And he devours us. And he tweaks us. And he twists us. And he challenges us with the reality. Jesus isn't enough, is he? You need to add on to this. You need this. You need Jesus. But yeah, I mean, but, but you really... You'll really need to trust them fully. How we live and how we give communicates who we trust. When our hope is in the world, or we are trusting in the things of this world to bring us love, to bring us peace, to bring us rest, or to bring us happiness. When we trust in the world instead of Jesus, it's like we're opening our life to the enemy and saying, these are the areas that you can mess with. And now, it's difficult. I'm not saying that this isn't a a tough struggle. I mean, God's desire, Jesus' desire is not, you know, he doesn't need our money. He doesn't need our help on the street corner ministry. He doesn't, God's going to do what God's going to do. He loves when we demonstrate with our life that we trust him, though. Because he knows that we will find life to the full as we learn to trust him with more and more and more of our life. 
And again, this morning it's for me. You know, Antley, do you trust me with the service? Do you trust me with the church? Do you trust me with Kristen, with Derek, with their family, with the things that you don't have answers for? And all of us this morning, I think Jesus is asking us that question. Do you trust me? And he wants us to. He's demonstrated that he can be trusted. I want to go to Matthew six twenty-five to 34 and read this. And for some of us, this will be a familiar passage for you. I, I mean, there's a gajillion verses on trust in Jesus. There's a gajillion verses on keeping our hope in Jesus, banking on Jesus, that he's paid for us, that he's bought us, we are not our own, that he has done everything necessary so that we should trust him. I mean, there's tons of verses, but as I was praying, this is the one that I felt like God led me to, and this is Jesus speaking, and he says this, Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink. Don't check out. Anybody, this is familiar, don't check out. Think about what God's asking you. Think about in your life, are you anxious? What are the areas in your life that you're anxious? What are the areas in, the li- in your life that you have fear? What are the areas in your life that you're being disobedient in? All demonstrations of trust issues that we have. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food? And the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall I eat, or what shall I drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things. The world is just another word for that. People who don't belong to God seek after these things. And your heavenly Father knows you need all of them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you. And I read those words, I'm like, man, how many times have I read those words? Yet, how many areas of my life am I anxious about? How many areas of my life do I keep I know that I can trust Jesus with, but he just, but I just keep taking him back. And he comes to me and he says, give it back, Antley. And I give it back. Reluctantly sometimes, more than others. But that's our journey with Jesus, isn't it? And, and, and some of those times, you know, what he's asking for is difficult. What he's asking for is painful. And what he's asking for, we don't have answers for. But Jesus has earned our loyalty and trust I mean, these are promises from Jesus. You can trust my Father with these most basic needs in your life to the greatest needs in your life. You can trust my Father. You can trust him with anything. 
a few weeks back uh, when Kristen was in the hospital, I was um, meeting with her, talking with her. And, uh, and she was just, you know, Kristen, just full of life and just off the edge, laughing and joking around. And I said to her, I said, well, how, how are you doing? And she said, I'm scared. She said, I'm scared. And I said, she said, I'm not scared, Aunt Lee, though. I'm not scared about dying. She said, I know I'm going to be with Jesus. I'm not scared about that. And, you know, and she said, I'm just so scared about my children growing up like I did without my mom. You know, and the pain that they'll go through and the suffering they'll go through. You know, I was just listening to her and just thinking, you know, Jesus, that's a big ask. And I said, uh, Kristen, you know, Jesus wants you to trust him with your children. You can trust him with your children. And we just, you know, began to talk and to pray. And I said, so when people come for you, what are you going to ask for, Kristen? She says, I'm going to ask for Jesus to heal me. And I'm going to ask for Jesus to help me trust him with my children. You know, when we begin to follow Jesus, there's no promises that it's going to be easy and the cost won't be great. But we serve a Savior who wants all of our heart. He wants all of who we are. And he will pursue us because of his love and because of the joy and the life that he has for us. And he will pursue us and pursue us and pursue us. He's pursuing us this morning. And he wants all of us, to trust all of ourselves to him. A few weeks back when Jack was re-diagnosed with cancer and Kristen was struggling more, you know, God spoke to Paul and gave him a song that he wrote, just kind of came out to them. And, uh, and I was just listening to it again and again and again last night. And I thought that it would be a great song for us to just, I'm going to put it up on the screen. We're just going to listen to it, allow God to speak to us. But it asks the question, you know, is my love enough for you? Is my Savior's love enough? Let's do that. My 
Kristen wrote, got the song she wrote back to Lex and Paul and said, I listened to it five times and each time I cry. This past week I felt my faith and my hope slipping in what God can do. This song brought me back to God's peace and his love that I needed over the last few weeks. Sometimes in the midst of such trials you forget that even though you suffer, he is right there by your side. The words to this song reminded me that I'm not and will never be alone. Please tell Paul that his timing in sending me this song could not have been more perfect because I know it was a message from God telling me not to give up on him, even in my darkest hour. I honestly was on the verge of losing hope until you sent this to me. All of my love, Kristen. It is hard at times, isn't it, to believe those words. All I need is Jesus. Jesus, you're enough. Yeah, that's the question that Jesus is asking us this morning. Will you bring me and trust me with everything? The things that are most precious to you, will you trust me with? And that's the question that we're going to allow him to answer or speak to us about this morning. So why don't we stand?